Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. It's September 23rd, 2018. Hello and welcome to Working for a Living Radio Show, where progressives for change present opinions that matter. Tonight, we're joined by co-host Jeff Brown. I'm your moderator, Leroy McKnight. Please remember, good leadership is never about power and control, but rather for the honor and privilege of serving the members and the interest of you, the membership. Announcements. Working for a Living continues to support Medicare for each and every person in the United States. Working for a Living believes in separation of corporations and state. Thank you to our brother, M.G., in uh, the middle of the country. We appreciate that. Announcement number three, Michigan Governor Snyder, R., in quotes, threatens to use the National Guard for road repair due to labor disputes regarding wages. Announcement number four, Trump administration orders the NLRB staff to step up prosecution of labor unions. Announcement number five, Illinois Governor Bruce Rauner, Rainer thinks $40,000 is too much to pay teachers and vetoes a minimum teacher salary. Announcement number six, the FBI is investigating the current UAW administration regarding Palm Springs, California expenditures. You know, at some point, if you've been a union member, whether in the UAW or any other union, for a long time, it gets disgusting to have to even report this stuff. It shouldn't be. It simply should not be. We have a great union. It's a wonderful, marvelous organization. When run properly, does the best for all of us members. Obviously, that's not occurring, and it's sickening every day when you open the paper and see such news. None of us are perfect. But at some point, it becomes horrible. You know, we've been pretty forgiving as a membership, and we wish for better. You guys got to start standing up. Guys, and it's a gender-neutral guys statement. So, you know... Get it together. Stop doing what you're doing bad. You know what it is. We know what it is. We've reported on it as best we know how. But stop it. Fix it. And get our country back. That's that's right, our country. Because what you're doing, other people 
are mimicking, and the middle class has disappeared, all but disappeared, because of what you've done, starting with cutting wages in half in 2007. Yeah, you were around, most of you, in 2007, a menial 11 years ago. You got a chance to fix it. Contract coming up. We'll see what you do. So, moving on. Uh, we have some email. Uh, thank you for informing us all about the First Amendment, the UAW Constitution, and federal law regarding what is permissible and, and not protected. And that came in from many states. We heard a lot about that, and we really appreciate your feedback on it. Uh, number, uh, email comment number two. This is directed at Jeff. Jeff, thanks for maintaining your global media contacts so the rest of the world gets what is going on here from a labor perspective. Now, that one came in from Texas. We did hear that from several other places as well. It really, a lot of kudos went to you, Brother Jeff. I know you're you're in the background here. I see you. Uh, just a second, we'll get you on here. Uh, email number three, comment. Uh, good to see you back giving us education for our education and protection. And we got a lot of that. Thank you, everybody. Uh, we got loves and likes and shares on all of the shows, so we, we hope that you appreciate what we're doing. Uh, we've been a little, little rocky uh, going through all of this in the last few months, so I uh, appreciate your understanding there, too. Thank you. Uh, number four, this was a specific um, uh, email. The private message that came to me, and this is real concerning. Uh, this particular message uh, comment uh, it wasn't an email this time, but uh, and, the, and the person that wrote it was really struggling with what he should do. This guy, and uh, we're going to cover that a little more later in the show, but. Now, the fourth one is, when I share the retiree information from your page and on this page, that it scares people, and I should not share it. This is what he's being told. What is your opinion on what I should do regarding educating the retirees on this matter? Now, location's withheld because if we gave it, he'd probably you know, go, go uh, try to do your work your wiles on him, you know. Uh, so, a comment on first blush, and we're going to cover it later in the show more. Uh, if the union leadership is so ashamed of what they've negotiated, then they should not have negotiated in the first place and should remove it immediately if they're so ashamed. It simply doesn't belong in our agreement. Uh, we'll get into that in a minute, but... Thank you for your message, and I know you struggle with this, and I uh, I tried to give you an answer, and the answer that I gave him directly was that, you know, I, I don't tell people what to do. I inform you and educate you for your interest and your benefit, and you have to 
think about what's going on, what this information is, and then go to your own core and ask yourself, what should I do? Should I, in the interest of retirees who should know this, in case it actually does occur, should I let them know or not? And that's that's a personal decision. We're going to help you with that tonight, but because I think you're going to like what we do here on the show, uh, because education is the sunshine, light of day, and uh, nobody should be in the dark on an issue this uh, uh, so weighty and has such import to their livelihood and their well-being. We'll get into that in a minute. Okay, um, let me bring Brother Jeff on here and see if we can coax a couple of words out of him. <laughs> Hi, Jeff, how you doing? I'm okay, Leroy, how are you? Hey, we're we're hanging in there, Brother. I've been busy all you know, since last show. I've been real busy, and today especially busy. Uh, you'll, you'll enjoy what I had the opportunity to do today when I get into my report. But um, uh, So how are things in your uh, area of the world? Well, our plant is on layoff this week. Um, I understand we have two more layoffs coming in October and one in November. So things are really slowing down at the plant. People are starting to feel the financial aspects of it. Um, I know I am, but uh, that's what's going on here in Flat Rock. Another week okay, have you, you got any more feedback from your friend from France? No, I haven't. I'm going to send him an email later tonight. Okay, so... Uh, uh, what what do you think he's going to write on that, Jeff? He's going to write on um, about the answers he received from the two individuals who participated in the interview on their views of uh, President Trump. That's what he's going to write about, why they voted for him, you know, um, what they expect of him. So that's, that's what he's going to write about. It's kind okay. of funny. Could, could you recap for the listeners uh, why the reporter came here when he was here and uh, the information that he was looking for when he was here? You want to recap that for everybody, Jeff? Because there's some people listening yeah. this week. I got it last week. Yeah. Um, this gentleman is a writer for a weekly magazine over in France. I met him back in 2009 during the auto bailouts, and he interviewed me over that. Um, and I was telling him about the trade surplus or the trade deal we have with Japan, where we received five of their cars, and at the same time, they only take one car from us. Um, we talked about. Um, how the big three got into the financial crunch they were in. Um, so he, he came into town 
last week, he was wanting to find out some information on union members uh, supporting Trump. For the whole week, he couldn't find anybody to from a Republican to talk about Trump. He had a lot of Democrats to talk to. But I found two co-workers of mine. They agreed to be interviewed by the gentleman. And we were just asking them general questions about why they voted for Trump. Um, you know, do they have regrets for voting for him? Just basic to general issue questions like that. Um, when I get the article, I will post it on our page. Um, but I will send them an email today and ask them how's it going. Um, he was here for one week. Okay, he was he he got here Sunday and stayed through last Sunday. Is that right? Yeah, he came in on the 9th and left on the 16th. Okay. And while he was here, before your, because you set this up with your people and you had, we invited six and two showed, which is, you know, right. understandable. It's fine. Because, uh, you know, a lot of people have a lot of stuff going on in their life and, and they're working and stuff and they might have had something come up. But uh, right. uh, during the week before your interview, he went to like restaurants and and different places around the community and just tried to engage folks. And he's from France, so he has an accent, obviously. And, uh, you know, yeah. it's, it's interesting when you start chatting with somebody and they have a different accent. But he couldn't find anybody, even those that identified themselves as Republicans, that wanted to speak about and on behalf of uh, the President Trump. Uh, so that he found that to be quite interesting. Is that not correct, Jeff? That's correct. Okay, That's and then correct. you're, and you gave an opportunity, in your from from your circle of, uh, you know, contacts in the plant and outside the plant, you gave an opportunity to both sides to come and speak, uh, both Republican, uh, for and against Trump, and Democrats that might have some good things to say for and or against Trump. Uh, and everybody got a chance to say whatever they wanted in your uh, meeting that you set up on Friday last week, correct? Correct. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, you you know, I mean, we talked about, you know, you and I talked about, you know, how you should proceed with all of that, and, and we agreed to that, uh, as I recall, and uh, and you went forward just, just as we just uh, indicated, correct? I mean, that's... That was part of the policy, and I, I did run that by some other people in in our inner circle, and they, they like that idea, too. So, you know, the idea that openness and fairness, and it's by you to member no matter mm-hmm. what your opinion is, uh, you get a chance to, to say it, and uh, even if it's to the foreign press, you know. So we try to do that. Yeah. Is that would, would you say that's a fair assessment, Jeff? Yeah, I just sat back and, and listened um, yeah. to their comments. I let them clearly um, I did throw out my little point of views every now and then. It wasn't many, but uh, it had mostly to do with um, Vietnam and this kind of stuff. Um, but they they did a good job, the two individuals. I was happy for them. They yeah. said whatever they wanted, 
Um, I did not uh, use anything against them. In fact, we talked about it all last week. I told them what a great job they did in the interview. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was good. Yeah. Um, That's nice. I had a chance to follow up with them afterward, too, you know, I mean, and because, you know, they they feel strongly about their political position, you know, and, and yes. you know, no matter what we feel, you know, people uh, have a, a right to express their opinion, you know, so, um, uh, and, and you just talked about resistances in the past, I think, as I recall, you know, the Vietnam resistance and other resistances mm-hmm. that have occurred uh, the, uh, like the uh, resistance of uh, oh, uh, uh, name escapes me, the socialist le- labor leader, and they went to prison for eight years. Uh, uh, Eugene Debs. Yeah, Eugene V. Debs, uh, that uh, just expressed his opinion about I think World War One and went to prison for eight years. So. Yeah. Uh, you know, we we have to allow people to speak what they want to speak. Whether we agree or disagree, we need to have both sides heard. You know, along that line, you know, I I, I had a lot of leadership uh, responsibility and authority in the 90s, and we had quite the autocratic governor, and uh, in his uh, administration, our views were not heard. Uh, labor's views were not heard. Uh, in the county commission, uh, in uh, it would have been May of 2007, uh, the uh, county commission got to, under the leadership of yours truly, uh, got to 12 to 1. There were 13 people. And the one Republican, the one R, uh, is still on the board, and uh, he has a great deal of respect and very labor-friendly, even though he's from the out-county part of Ingham County. Uh, Randy's a, a very nice man, and any time that we asked for his vote, we got it. So he was the surviving uh, R on the board. Uh, and when we got to that, I uh, sat in the Democratic caucus of 12 and uh, I told those uh, elected officials in no uncertain terms, I said, as you go forward and continue to make your appointments to boards and commissions subordinate to this county commission, that you assure your um, uh, majority on the, on the uh, boards and commissions, say there's six appointed, you'd appoint four friends and for opposition, loyal opposition, I would add, or two op, two, wait, two loyal opposition, so a matter of six. So they, and I, I said, you know, for the purposes of everybody having their input, if we don't know the other side's uh, issues, be there, Jim. If we don't know the yeah, other side, okay, just go ahead and mute them. If we don't know their their issues. We have uh, failed are the people that we represent because they all have a, a, an opinion, and it might be in the best interest of the community that we don't that we represent. So we always have to make sure we hear every side. 
because in the open to listen, understand that, okay? Even though the current administration in the UAW won, it's important for them to listen to what we have to say out here, okay? That, and it, not just that instance, it's every instance. Both sides need a forum to be heard genuinely, okay? That's how I was able to operate when I was actually elected to do such things and how I've continued to operate and suggest that other people operate that same way since then. Uh, it worked really well for the county commission. They were better because they heard the other side's issues. They really were. Uh, and they were held to account from time to time, but we still were able to hear everybody's input and was never, ever uh, suppressed. Uh, and if they did suppress it, and, uh, you know, if they came to me, I'd make sure they had a forum. And they all knew that. So uh, that's, uh, that's important that we do that. So it was nice that you did that, Jeff, and I think it's good for, uh, you know, exhibiting that openness by our team and by you in your local union. I know you've had a, a union meeting since our last, or no, that was during, but uh, I wanted to ask you exactly how the union meeting went, because uh, this was your first one after you got your membership back, wasn't it? Yeah, we got, we got a couple of dirty looks from uh, some of the People's Choice uh, Caucus. That's the caucus that's running local. Um, yeah. They don't scare me. They all hold Harley Davis is in, they're wearing their leather vests and acting like real tough guys. And I'm just not impressed uh, yeah. by that. The president. Bill, someday they'll understand that's not all that impressive, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Leadership. President, Leadership's impressive. Not, not. He, he didn't read the 13 page letter from the Public Review Board. He just talked about how Article 31 has been changed, and that's how the three of us got our membership back. Um, well, you got your membership back because they were wrong, and they changed Article exactly. 33, 31, 31 and 33. Yeah, yeah yep. in concert, uh, because they were wrong. So let's just correct that for the record. All right. Yep. <laughs> So, I mean, the meeting only lasts like 25 minutes, so it was good. Some of the people who were mouthing off during the last year was real quiet when, when I walked by them. Didn't even want to look at me. Yeah, they're ashamed, huh? Yeah, yeah that, and that's fine too. I really don't care. Um, yeah, and it, it, you know. It, yeah, that your presence is, speaks for itself. Okay, and mm -hmm. and there is shouldn't be any uh, real ill will, you know, because when people are wrong, they're wrong. It's that simple. Uh, you know, if we're wrong, we admit it, and you know, and and try to move forward. Because uh, in the mm -hmm. end, uh, you know, this is an important time in our history. You know, we're I I was uh, talking to my bank on how to perpetually fund 
all of these things that we have going on, the website and some other things, and um, so that in two or three, four hundred years from now, when people look back at this very extraordinary time for unions and for our country and for the masses of our country, the whole population, and for the membership of unions, this is we're we're making history here, brother, and uh, all of us, and we all have to be real careful on how we proceed through all this. I mean, we can overreact, and we can be angry, or we can come together and work against evil forces and against those who would suppress labor, wages, and working conditions, hours of employment. Uh, and and hold them down. Uh, I uh, I suggest we do the latter. We just go ahead and work together and try and uh, you know work against. You know I, I coined a, tor- a term called the Powellist. Uh, that's anybody that supports the ideology of the Powell Memorandum of August 23rd, 1971, by Lewis M. Powell. Uh, and you're w- well familiar with that, Jeff. Uh, but anybody that, yeah, anyone that's a Powellist out there, we really need to work against those people. And that doesn't matter if they're inside our union, tangential to the whole process. I mean, on the outside, looking in and maybe have some influence over it, or corporations and their corporate leaders as, as well. So these are important times, and we need to come together as a whole and work uh, for the best interest of the members and make sure that our not only our members but our country starts to get our middle class back. This is very important, or this is not going to get uh, real pretty if, if we're not successful. Uh, so um, I know you have a, a Constitution series that you've been working on, and uh, I'd like you to... Uh, go ahead. I think I, if you have your Constitution open, I think it's Article 16. You read 15 last time, and then we were going to go into 16, and then uh, the introduction of the leadership team and some things. If if it is redundant, we apologize, but I think we left off right exactly uh, where Jeff had finished up with Article 15, which is a very short article, and then he said that I'd uh, get back uh, on 16, and I believe we've abated that. So, Jeff, if you have that available, I would ask for you to continue your series, please. If you okay, don't, I have it open. Okay. 16 is very, very long. Right. Just do three okay. or four of the sections, if, you know, whatever okay. seems to Okay? Thanks. And there's a lot of uh, bold print in this. So that means this new language coming from this year's uh, Constitution. Article 16 is initiation fees and dues. Section 1A, each union member will pay an initiation fee, no part of it which shall be considered as a local union fine of not less than $10 and not more than $50 for membership in a local union of the International Union. From the initiation prepaid by each member, $5 shall be set aside 
in the local union's new membership orientation fund to be expanded with the approval of the regional director, and $1 shall be forwarded to the international secretary-treasurer. Section 1B, a local union may increase its initiation fee within the limits set forth in paragraph K of this section in accordance with the procedures of Article 47, Section 1, Section 1C, men and women returning from service in the armed forces of the United States shall be exempt from paying initiation fee upon presentation of military discharge papers of the local union financial secretary within one year of the date of their discharge. Uh, we'll do two sections and that won't call it today. We write. I know you got some other important things to say. Section 2, bargaining August 2014, in order to remain a member in good standing, each member shall pay a minimum monthly dues amount to the financial recording sector of the local union as set forth below. A, for those members who are who work in either private sector or public sector with a legal right to strike the minimum Monthly dues shall be an amount equivalent to 2.5 hours of straight-time pay for members working full-time pay on an hourly basis, or 1.44% of the gross straight-time monthly wages for the member members paid on a salary basis for the membership to members employed part-time and paid on an hourly basis. B. For those members who work in the public sector and are legally prohibited from striking, the minimum monthly dues will be the amount equivalent to 1.9 hours of straight time pay for members working full-time on an hourly basis, or 1.095% of gross straight time monthly wages for members paid on a salary basis for members employed on a part-time and paid on an hourly basis. C, for those members paid by the hour, day, week, or month, the dues complications referenced in subsections A and B above shall be based on amount earned for straight-time hour in the last payroll period work before the dues are payable, including also living allowance, and any other amounts normally considered as part of the regular pay, excluding shift premium. For those whose earnings vary, straight-time earnings in the last month, the members work, including incentive earnings, cost of living allowance, clock power add-ons, and any other amounts normally considered as part of the regular pay, but but excluding shift premiums, overtime, Saturday, Sunday, and holiday pay. Uh, Subsection D, for those members paid on a part-time basis or those members paid on a salary basis where number of hours of work in a weekly week vary and or regularly have no relationship to a normal work week, the dues computation 
shall be based on their straight-time girls' earnings in accordance with subsections A and B and above. E, the minimum dues required for certain negotiation payments and bonuses, such as contract signing bonuses, profit-sharing payments, shall be calculated as set forth in 1.44% of those members who work either in the private sector or public sector with the legal right to strike and 1.095% for those members who work in the public sector are legally prohibited from striking. F, nothing in this article shall prevent any local union or unit of amalgamated local union establishing in accordance with provisions of Article 47 dues in which greater amount than provided in this article in any local union or unit at which at the time the minimum monthly membership dues are increased pursuant to the provisions of this article as dues in a cheaper amount than the minimum monthly amount of the change without the necessary necessity of additional local unions or membership in such local union dues shall continue until local unions or dues lose my places here. All dues established by this article shall be uniformly required if all its members by each local union or unit of amalgamated local union, except as specified exoneration of special arrangements may be granted to Section 11 of Article 13 or Article 17 of this article. Section Article 17 of this article. Gee, this is a long one. Okay. Um, Article 16, Section 2A and Section 2B shall be subject to reaffirmation of the 37th Constitutional Convention in June 19, or 2018. Not reaffirmed minimum monthly dues shall be reverted back to 2010 levels. All other pertinent sections of this Article 16 shall be adjusted accordingly. We're going to stop there, Leroy. The next section is that's, three. That, that's fine, Jeff. Would you, would, would you recap a little bit on uh, the, the overall of this is more about dues, how they're collected, and wh- who has to pay what? Would you say that's uh, the, the summary of what you just read? Yeah. It, it, uh, this one really affects our part-timers, and our public employees, state workers, and how much dues they have to pay. Um, I know we talked about time workers paying a different amount every month a few shows back, but um, most of this is new language from this this year's Constitution Convention. Okay. So they changed a lot of that, and it's just probably minor changes, but uh, something they felt strong enough to get changed in the Constitution, and 
the initiation fees, uh, uh, I believe it's um, more uh, defined and how the use of that is uh, been uh, uh, put into black letter print this time. So, um, yeah, so that's, uh, you're seeing a lot of changes in this portion of the Constitution. So that affects everybody. Uh, so, yep. all right, so I hope everybody paid attention to that. That's important stuff. Okay, so, uh, all right. Uh, um, I'm going to keep my uh, information on artificial intelligence and uh, autonomous vehicles for last. This is very, very interesting information. I'll just preface it by the fact that I had, you know, I, I interact with a lot of uh, uh, professors and PhD students and students in general uh, in the community here just because I have that opportunity. And I had an opportunity to interview for an hour and a half today uh, one of the leading uh, form of authorities uh, on artificial intelligence regarding vehicles themselves. Uh, so uh, it's, it's just amazing stuff that's out there, much of which I have promised not to make totally public because some of it's very proprietary, but I'll hit the, the top portions on this. Uh, and uh, I think you're going to find it very interesting, folks. So uh, you're not going to hear this very, uh, very many other places. So uh, just just hang with us a little bit. We're going to keep this probably right to an hour tonight. So if that's all right, uh, we got about 22 minutes, and I think I can get through my report in that much time and close the show out for an hour, and then should keep everybody, uh, you know, with the ability to stay with us. Because um, it does get a little long sometimes. I know last last week went 90 minutes, and we, you know, this is in the end about you and and your attention span and everything else. So, uh, let me start my report with part of the con uh, the contract, and I have the GM contract, and uh, Jeff has the uh, uh, the Ford contract, obviously, and. Uh, I'm gonna. We we read last. We read the, the uh, paragraph one of the uh, General Motors agreement. I'm gonna read two and two a. Shouldn't take too long here. So uh, these are foundational and they're real important to understand as we uh, marshal ourselves in an effort to take on this contract and hold our leadership to account. Uh, and we're going to go through this right now line by line, but we may jump to some other more specific uh, areas that need attention, and uh, there's some of the stuff that will forward uh, resolution. And if you feel that you want to write a resolution, I, I, I want to give credit to another show that simply said, you know, don't put a target on yourself. And this is recently... Don't put a target on yourself. Just go and vote no. Well, on the contract that is, and and that's that's okay. We're not you know criticizing that at all. But not to put a target on yourself is is important because this team, I can point to, and we can point to, three people 
who have arguably been fired because of being supporters of ours. One's gotten back to work. Thank you. Thank goodness. Three people, one of whom is on this radio show tonight, lost their membership for the better part of a year and prohibited them from running for office. And Jeff uh, openly uh, announced that he would nominate me once elected. So uh, that sort of took out a nomination, and virtually everybody else that was fired or lost their membership would have uh, had the opportunity, had they had an opportunity to run, they would have uh, nominated. We did uh, have uh, some nomination uh, support at the convention, but that got scared off. So, uh, And the retirees of a local union were merged. Uh, it happened to be from my hometown where I grew up, many of whom I know personally, perhaps went to school with a lot of them, knew them from the neighborhoods, played with them when they were kids, and then, you know, adolescents, and certainly would have supported the team should they have ran and been successful as a delegate, they would have nominated as well. There's people that have said they'd sign affidavits to that effect. Very popular individuals in that area and in the retiree ranks. But they were prohibited because of the um, uh, strategic moves that prevented them from running for office or voting uh, for anybody that support us. Uh, in the uh, the local unions once they merged. So there's been a lot of games played and attacks made. Uh, you know, we can't point to anybody that did them. Um, but one of the things we can say, at some level, this is no longer con uh, a coincidence. Okay? Six people, three lost their job and three lost their membership, and a whole local union retiree group was prevented from running for office or voting for office that were supporting, openly supporting us. So you do your own assessment of that. I have mine. The point is, don't put a target on your back in this upcoming contract time. We already have them on our back. If you have something that you want to have considered, we'll be happy to accept that and receive it and post it on workingforaliving.com and then get those where they're printable so that people may simply print those and submit them to their own local union for consideration. We don't care what it is. If you want help rewriting it, we'll help, we'll help you do that as well. Uh, you know, we have some time for all this. We need to consider all of it. But don't forget, this, there's an election coming up in November. And, you know, I, I've said before that there's some important elections in my lifetime. And the last few, I haven't been out there saying this is the most important one ever because they've been sort of important but not, you know, Earth-shaking. I mean, we've had some re-elections of people that were our enemies, so to speak, and uh, they were going to get re-elected. So, yeah, it was important. But I'm going to tell you something. 
with what's going on in our country. This is probably the most important election of our country's time. Not just my lifetime, or older or younger people's lifetime, but of our country. Our democracy is at risk. If you haven't seen it yet, I encourage you to go see the movie, more, uh, Michael Moore's movie out. I was fortunate enough to see it with a young Politico friend of mine on Friday, the first day, at his recommendation. And I was really pleased that uh, he invited me, and, and uh, he's blind, so I had to drive. <laughs> so, um, And we enjoyed it. We discussed it afterwards, and it's, it's an amazing piece of work. Uh, but it points out, in no uncertain terms, that our democracy is at risk. The very democracy we live in is at risk. So let's kind of focus on that for the next six and a half weeks or so. And uh, keep in mind all of what we're talking about here and what we'll get into. But uh, This is important stuff, folks real important, and encourage everybody to get out and vote. You have a little while to register to vote. We don't care if you're red, green, purple, blue, orange party, pink party. We don't care. Rainbow party. We don't care. Go register and vote. There's more people not voting now than there are voting, and that's scary. And every one of them have an interest because they're likely on the lower end of the economic scale. Have a self-interest in going out and vote. Not everyone, but most of them. So encourage your friends to register and vote. Here in Michigan, when you get your driver's license, you have an opportunity to register. So a lot of Michigan, a high percentage, is registered. Whether they vote or not is another story. So please register and vote this election. And again, we don't care who, but uh, you, you know where your self-interest lies. That's all we'll say about that. And we're going to try and support working candidates, or p candidates that support people who work for a living. And we've been doing that for a while now. By the way, Gretchen Whitmer, I was able to see her. Uh, she's governor candidate for Michigan. Uh, I've seen her a couple times. Uh, since the show, we had her on a show, did a uh, special show just for her. It's about uh, we had her for 13 minutes on the show, and it was about a 20-minute show. First of August, if you want, that's available. You can go back through our .com or any one of the iTunes or Stitcher or right on Blog Talk Radio and, and see that uh, or listen to that show. Uh, it was, I think, a very nice show. Uh, but she said, "Thank you for uh, allowing her to be on the show." Thanks to all the listeners. Uh, thanks for the, uh, the uh, there was actually people that uh, indicated she'd heard, that they heard her on our show and went and volunteered for her the next day to help get out to vote. So if you are part of that group, that team, uh, please do that again. And uh, she said she'd like to be back on again. So we don't know if we're going to be able to get her because, you know, her schedule's tight as well. Uh, the coordinated campaigns are up and running. The one in Lansing is on homes just south of, or 
it's on Cedar, just south of Homs, on the southwest corner, Cedar and Homs. So if you're interested in going and helping, that's the one here in Lansing, Michigan. Uh, I know Jeff is probably going to find out where the one there is. We're trying to get some people on to tell us uh, what what they need, uh, and we'll see if we can affect that uh, between now and next week and maybe have them on or do a special show for them. Um, let me get to paragraph two of the contract because that's the first part of my uh, report. Two, in case the UAW shall be certified as the bargaining representative for any additional bargaining units or if recognition is extended without formal certification, the matter of including such unit under the terms of this agreement shall be negotiated between the industrial relations staff of the corporation and the international officers of the union. Now, just a second. International officers include the president, the treasurer, three vice presidents, and all the regional directors. So all of those individually or in concert would have the authority to do what they just talked about here. Now, let us continue. Um, it being understood that plants producing cars, trucks, bodies, or automobile parts similar to the material now being produced by plants covering, covered by this agreement shall be included after giving the due consideration to any local wage classifications, rates, understandings, or practices as may exist. Paragraph 2A, separate agreements will be negotiated for bargaining units not falling into the above classifications. And that concludes 2 and 2A. Next week we'll work on 3. So uh, that uh, says that they can expand this agreement to other entities as they may come to be, either by the corporation or uh, its subsidiaries. And you're seeing some of those pop up from time to time, and they'll be considered like General Motors Subsystems LLC. They've uh, uh, created that, and that uh, isn't, uh, they have their own set of uh, uh, issues that they've, uh, they work under. And then I know in Jeff's plant, there's actually some subcontracts in uh, part of the affiliates that are, uh, are part of his local 3000. Uh, and we know the chairperson in, in one of those. Uh, and Jeff, do you want to, uh, without saying her name, it's a woman chairperson, by the way, without saying her name, do you want to give us a little description about how that operates in your local? Yeah, we have several uh, different units in our local. This one in particular uh, unit is the, let's see, they are the janitor crew for every board plant in the country. Uh, they have their own contract. It's very weak. I've read it. It's 16 page long. And the chairperson who was who had the position is no, long, is no longer the chairperson. Um, there is a new chairperson since the election. And which drives me crazy just thinking how that happened because the original chairperson was acclimated in 2017 at the nominations meeting. 
so I'm, I need to find her and talk to her. I did see her at last Sunday's meeting only for a few minutes and wasn't able to ask her a lot of questions. Um, but, yeah, we have, I believe, five or six different units in our local. And that's just one of them. Of course, the Flat Rock plant is, is the biggest Flat Rock assembly plant. So that's what's going on with Roy. I have to find out why she is no longer the chairperson. Um, well, uh, yeah, I did have a little conversation, well, an extended conversation with this uh, chairperson, and she indicated to me that she's been taken off the executive board because there's a requirement of having 52 members in a unit to be on the executive board for that chairperson to be on the executive board. Uh, so she's been removed. There's not 52. She doesn't represent more, uh, more than two, 52 but she indicated to me that she's still the chair. So I, they can't just remove that from her. I mean, they can mess around with if she's on the executive board or not, but uh, she's still elected as chair. And I think she is still, Jeff. Uh, so if you want to clarify that, I mean, I could stand corrected, but that's my understanding in uh, my conversation with this. Uh, she's a very good, staunch union person. Uh, let me tell yes. you, you would be well served. Oh. And, of course, her I husband works there, too, and she gets a lot of information and, you know, uh, support from him. So, Yeah, he's a skilled trades person, and um, yeah. I've known him since I hired him. Uh, I will contact her to make sure uh, what her situation is. Okay. So, yeah. so that, that was, again, that was just mine, so. Uh, okay, well, thank you, Jeff. Uh, and let me uh, proceed with uh, the. Uh, I got two more uh, items I want to discuss here, uh, and the one deals with the 2015 pension language. Uh, let me preface this by saying there is federal law called the Pension Protection Act of 2006 that was uh, written, uh, approved by both houses of Congress. At the time, they were controlled by a group of uh, legislatures, legislators with R behind their name in both houses, uh, House and Senate. And it was signed by the then President George W. Bush in 2006. Uh, the Pension Protection Act says that if pensions funding levels fall below 80%, that the supplements for pensions will be ended, that any and all uh, buyouts that come out of pensions, so if you're thinking about having a, a buyout and a pension fund is below 80%, it's not going to happen. Uh, so... Um, uh, uh, and if the uh, uh, supplements, any and all uh, buyout expenditures from the pension, because the, the, the buyouts that you get come out of the pension fund. They don't come out of the corporate general fund, even though they're going to benefit dramatically because of the wage 
high wage person leaving and a younger uh, low wage person uh, coming into work. They benefit enormously by that. Uh, and so these sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollar buyouts uh, have benefited the corporation at our expense because it comes out of our pension fund. Uh, and that's just not GM. It's Ford, Chrysler, and uh, General Motors uh, as a whole. Uh, so, and, and the language is written for all pensions, by the way. So, this federal law. Uh, so, and the other thing that occurs is that the vested portion of your pension goes to the lesser of the um, public uh, pension benefit guarantee corporation. You hear about how the government's going to protect your pension all the time. Goes to the lesser of that, and uh, or the lesser of the PBGC or the pension fund itself. In our case, the lesser of it is in almost all cases, because everybody's pension's in you know different. But in almost all cases, the lesser of is our pension because the PBGC would pay more. And thus, they don't consider our pension on a single employer. Uh, they don't consider ours in the value of that was calculated. So, and that's something that I've put in a request to speak to one of the uh, elected officials that's on the PBGC, and I expect that to happen sometime before too long, uh, and discuss exactly what I just said, uh, because it's just incorrect that ours is not being calculated in that. So uh, that's getting a little deep, but uh, that's what the law says, okay? Now, the law can be appealed, okay? In other words, like the Teamsters did, they appealed the uh, IRS ruling that their pension had to be cut, okay? And they got it forestalled. They, you know, they're, they're not getting that 50% cut. They're still getting their full pension. And they're working real hard in the multi-employer side because that's what most of the Teamsters and the, the uh, Central States Pension Fund was uh, multi-employer. In other words, you work for several different companies and they put in as needed uh, to your pension fund. But it's underfunded for a lot of reasons. Uh, so they were able to appeal and got it forestalled, and now they're trying to fix it. Uh, you know, I want to give a plug to Senator Sherrod Brown, Sherrod Brown out of Ohio, U.S. Senator, that's doing yeoman's work, and that's a word, that's general gender neutral yeoman's work on trying to get that reversed. And uh, I know we have some senators uh, at the federal level here in Michigan doing the same thing. I know they're, uh, they didn't support somebody that everybody thought they should support, but let's take a look at it and see if they're going to support our pensions because that's kind of a whole lot more important than uh, an individual because this is money out of our own pocket. So the problem that occurs for us in the UAW, especially the Detroit Three, in the 2015 agreement, Almost verbatim, this language, well, exactly verbatim, this language from the pension benefit 
I'm sorry, for the Pension Protection Act 2006 was placed in our agreement. Now, what that means is there's no appeal to the federal government to try and get this forestalled or reversed. In other words, if it falls below 80%, the funding levels fall below 80%, the pensions get cut by 50%. And that's the vested portion of your pension because the supplement goes away. So if you're under 62 and the vested portion of your pension is some fourteen or $1,500, it would go to seven or seven fifty a month should the funding levels fall below 80%. Automatically, not appealable to anybody because it's a part of a union contract and it's automatic. There's no appeal to the government on our contract. Those persons who put that in our contract now say, oh, when you make that public, you're scaring people. To the brother that sent me the private message, I'm making it public right now. And I hope everybody shares this show. In the General Motors contract, and we don't find it in Ford or Chrysler that we can find, in the General Motors contract, in the pension fund, uh, the pension supplement, where the actual board of the pension fund gets its authority, there's a separate supplemental agreement called the pension, the pension plan, Appendix A, some would call it. And that includes this language. And it also says General Motors is relieved from any more obligation to the pension fund after 2008. So those of you that are worried about scaring the members and the retirees, current or future retirees that are in the pension plan, those that hired in prior to September of 2007. The end of that contract, and arguably up until it was ratified in, I believe, October or something, early in October 2007. So that date is, you know, I mean, you got to ask your own rep about it whether you're in it or not, you know if you are, okay? So, uh, but if you're in the plan, this is subject, this language is subject to affect you. And for those people that are ashamed of what they did because it might scare people, shame on you. You shouldn't have negotiated this. should not have negotiated or allowed it to be ratified. You shouldn't have proved it because guess what? The International Executive Board, prior to ratification, has to approve every word of every contract that's ever written. 
by anybody that's UAW represented, whether it's 4GM, Chrysler, Aerospace, Ag Implement, IPS, Independent Parts Suppliers, or TOPS, Technical Office Professional Services. Any of the divisions of our union have to have, once a, once a contract has been uh, reached, then that's submitted for approval by the International Executive Board and then sent for ratification. Okay, so everybody understands that our international union approved this. And if they're ashamed of it, then they have two things. Declare it null and void like you did the GMS. Suspend it. Or ask that it be removed under the GMS authority. That's still out there where these two, the parties at the international and the uh, corporate level will will meet and, and uh, cause uh, language to be created or, or removed from the contract. In other words, there's still a living agreement out there. Uh, that question came up throughout the, during the course of this past week. Do we really have a living agreement? Yes, we do. Because it can be changed by authority above the local union between the parties. And that's very well outlined in the GMS and Appendix K for Ford. And I think it escapes me, the, the uh, Chrysler uh, language that has that in it, but it's there. All of the agreements, the Detroit Three agreements, contain this language for retirees. Retirees, I will say this, our pension fund at General Motors was $62 billion in 2009 at the bottom of the economic sine wave, the nadir of the economic sine wave in 2009. We're at the apex, arguably, we're at the apex, the top of the economic sine wave now. And the pension fund, unlike the market that's gone up 300% from 6640 to 26700 and that's almost three, 350%, almost. Okay. And the pension fund has stayed pretty much the same, and it's gone down $3, three billion. It has not appreciated with market value. It's not increased. It hasn't gone up. Now, there's arguably all kinds of things that's been done that caused that some of which is they're just um, uh, limited on what they can invest in in a pension fund. But we still should see some appreciation, some increases. In the past, I know a lot of you are very young, relatively, and you haven't seen many market downturns. In the past, when the pension fund has gone down, the corporation has oftentimes, at some considerable pain, had to put in billions of dollars to keep it funded fully. Okay? It's 
kind of funny because there's actually some language out there in the federal law that says it's supposed to be funded fully, but at the same time, if it falls below 80%, you're going to cut it in half. So, uh, but this is in our contract that they cut it in half at 80%. At 60%, a funding level goes away. And in General Motors' case, there's no obligation to put any more money in it by the corporation. The only thing that would reverse it is market conditions change and it move up. But we saw that it didn't move up and appreciate during all of this big run-up of 300, over 300%. We'll just call it 300 plus. And it didn't appreciate. So it's either market conditions or enough of us retirees die off to cause it to ascend at a higher level than what it is at 60% or 80%. If that scares you, you should have been more active in this last election for the UAW. We told everybody. Didn't, didn't Jeff, didn't we tell everybody? Here on the show, too, right? Yes, we did. A couple times. It's a pinned post on Working for a Living page. If you're not a member of that page... We invite you to come on by and say hi. Join the page. Okay. Um, so uh, if that scared you, I hope it did. I hope every one of you retirees that just heard this and share it with all your friends, call Solidarity House. Ad nauseum. Get, get calling down there and just tell them to remove that from the language. I don't care if you're Ford, GM, or Chrysler, or any other small, smaller unit that has the same language in there, and they're putting it in everything lately. If you have it in your agreement, in your pension plan, and there's fewer and fewer defined pension plans, we'd like to see more of them. Everybody should have one, as far as we're concerned. We've discussed that at length. So if you uh, are scared, this bothers you, call them. I'm not talking a little bit. I mean, call them every day of the week. If they get 500,000 calls, and that's about 400,000 of us totally, and there's some surviving spouses. So we'll just round it off at a nice half a million every day. Think about it. They get 500,000 calls every day at Solidarity House. Yeah, that'll make your liver quiver, won't it, down there. 8,000 Jefferson Avenue, Detroit, Michigan. They'll change their ways. And they'll show support for sanity that comes from this show. Versus the insanity that's going on in our union. So take some action. Do it. So uh, that concludes that portion of the report. I'm sad this is there. I'm sad it's scaring everybody. But the people that are there signed off on it in one form or another. The current leadership approved it in one form or another. There's a couple that came out of the woodwork that weren't executive board members previously, but they were high enough that they had influence and and say so regarding it. We didn't hear anybody saying no. I was full steam ahead, damn the torpedoes. And that's why we have FBI looking into our union. So my last report, 
uh, last segment of my report. Jeff, do you have anything to add to that, by the way? Do you want to say any more on that? No, I, I'm fighting the same battle trying to educate my members and my parents over this language. They tell me it's not true. And I keep telling them why it is in the contract. Uh, they just don't want to believe that this language don't know what happened. But uh, they didn't believe me years ago when I told them all that we weren't going to get anything from the poor equity of sacrifice to them either. Yeah. But I told them wrong. So. Well, it's there. I mean, it's pinned. It's a pinned post. All three contracts are pinned at the top of working for a living. So, and some people they see it and they don't realize what it is, and they read it and they go, "Oh my God, this is bad." And we'll, you know, this is this was posted in June of '16, and we uh, pinned it sometime late of '16. It's been there for a year, almost two years now, pinned at the top of the page, and we still get comments on it. Uh, you know, after people come on the page or someone has been there a while, read it, and they'll make a comment on it. It doesn't improve its position. It just, you know, because it, it's pinned. It's just there, and I, I feel so strongly about it that I've left the pin for over almost two years now. So, uh, And it's my pin, so nobody can remove it. <laughs> so uh, I started that page. So uh, that's that's the hierarchy of a we're, we're, uh, Facebook page. So... Um, Getting to a little, little, uh, little more uh, 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 palatable uh, uh, subject here. Uh, I had an opportunity today to, to interview a uh, foremost authority in the uh, manner of uh, artificial intelligence and autonomous vehicles. Um, it's interesting beyond your mad, your wildest imagination. I will tell you this, it's coming, and it's going to be here. Whether we like it or not, autonomous cars are going to be here. They have a ways to go. Okay, There's a long way from here to there. You've heard us discuss, because I, I, on another opportunity, I had to speak with a, uh, a Ph.D. on the... Um, matter of is artificial intelligence here and the answer is not yet and it's going to be a long time because pictures are two-dimensional not three-dimensional and that is our limiter okay today in my interview I have found out how they're making two-dimensional pictures act as though they're three dimensions and I will not get into how that's done because it's proprietary and I'm not going to repeat it. Just know that it's there. The problem is it's still two-dimensional and it's by no way perfect. But it is highly accurate. I won't get, I know the exact accuracy, but I won't tell you that because it is highly accurate and at low speeds, it's even its accuracy is even greater. So, if you're at expressway speeds, it's extraordinarily accurate, as they uh, use two-dimensional pictures uh, 
to turn it into 3D. And there are uh, key points so that you know if you're uh, somebody that's uh, listening and think I'm just blowing hot air. There's key points that are required, and I won't go into that, but they uh, allow for this to be extraordinarily accurate. Um, so it's not, not GPS-based. It's not satellite-based. Okay? Uh, and um, so the, the key points method is... Uh, and it, it's still 2D, but they do some really, really cool stuff to make it look like it's 3D. Uh, and then the next thing that premised for the uh, autonomous vehicle is what's called lane keeping. And they have artificial intelligence uh, that is what's called machine learning, and it actually learns what the road looks like in your area and it will update regularly and will understand whether it's uh, curving left or curving right or a severe curve. So that, and this uh, gives you your ability to stay in your lane. And then they have what's called proximity. Uh, and we all know what proximity is. So far, it's sideways and forward looking. There's nothing rear-looking at this moment, because by and large, cars uh, move forward. Now, without getting into some very proprietary information, I gave this individual uh, a reason to have rear-looking proximity and uh, a call to action regarding that, and that's all I can say on that. As for proximity, it can look several cars ahead of you. And again, it's only forward-looking and sideways at this time. Uh, it does not work, so you uh, auto body shops, take a deep breath and relax. It does not work in inclement weather. The same way that GPS and our satellite TV doesn't work in inclement weather because of the, the clouds, you know, mess up the uh, TV reception. We all know that if you have heavy cloud cover, your satellite goes away, right, for a period of time. The well, same thing works for GPS from satellites on your locations. So it just, just goes away for a brief period. Sometimes, you know, long periods, depending on what kind of storm it is. Uh, and it also doesn't work, none of this works in a uh, heavy rain where it can't see or heavy snowfall, or regular snowfall for that matter. Doesn't work in that sort of weather. Uh, in order to overcome some of that, they're doing what's called human sharing, where they share the um, actions of how a uh, human driver would operate the vehicle in the area that they're at, in their, the actual area where they're at. So, Again, I, I, it's about as far as I dare go because I was, uh, there's, uh, I don't I even want to say anymore. I really can't because uh, this is all proprietary. I was given access 
uh, to knowledge that uh, is uh, just amazing. But you're not hearing this from anybody else, including the current leadership in your UAW. And one of the biggest things that face us is artificial intelligence and robotics on how we build cars and the methods in which we build cars and what the cars do and how we need to transition in all of this in order to maintain work for our members and future members. Okay, you heard me say I was prepared to set up a committee regarding all of this should I have been elected president. That wasn't successful. But we're still engaged in making sure that we understand it and pass on as much as we dare pass on to you because this is, in the end, all about you. We educate ourselves so we can educate you. Okay, and again, there's calculations and methods and systems inside of all of this. I just recap the top, elevate, you know, the top, uh, the peaks of all of these very detailed and, and interesting things. Um, the, the memory's still limited. I can say that to the degree that while a robot can control to the millimeter uh, a space 12 feet cubed. And that's about all the memory that they can do right now. And they can use a six-axis robot, several six-axis robots inside of that in coordination with one another, if need be, to affect that space of 12 cubic feet to the millimeter. Pick up an egg and move it as fast as you can possibly move an egg and stop within that 12-foot a cubic, 12 cubic foot area, and they can do all of that. There are people out there that say our work, as we do it, is term limited. So we need to to transition to the next aspect of work. They're not implementing it yet, but it's. I tell you, the the technology exists, and we need to know it and all about it in order to protect our members. This is, in the end, about you. And how well you're served is how well we become educated. Okay, now we're getting a little bit long here. Um, artificial intelligence is here. Uh, this uh, autonomous car is, is coming along. Uh, there's some really cool stuff, and they, they got some enlightenment uh, based on some of my own concerns. Uh, today, he did, uh, and he's taken that back to their team. So then these PhDs work uh, in groups and stuff like that. So they, uh, they you know, this is stuff that's uh, uh, going to probably be implemented based on what I have indicated to them. But, again, that's proprietary because they're going to copyright it. Uh, so, and people benefit. I'm not benefiting, but other people benefit by our interaction, and hopefully the membership will benefit, and the public at large will benefit from this. Uh, so we'll have the opportunity to build some of this stuff. Uh, so, um, so that's that's where the autonomous vehicle information is at. That's the cutting cutting edge. This is the second or third iteration of autonomous vehicle that they're in. 
this is more than what they had planned originally. Uh, so this is cutting edge out there as, as much as possibly known, uh, uh, and probably some was still withheld from from what uh, what I was uh, privy to today. But understand, this is uh, it's coming. Uh, it's pretty cool stuff, and it's going to save lives. Uh, what the information I gave them today that they're going to move forward on uh, is the um, biggest injury accident type of all, and uh, it it will not stop all of them, but it'll stop a lot of them and mitigate the severity of damages in such accidents, and they're moving forward with that, so that's a good thing. Uh, you know, these they, they get focused on something that's part of it, and, and of course that was a concern of mine in going into the, the, the uh, interview. So I want to thank the individual uh, for allowing me a peek into the future, uh, and I really say the person's name. Um, so uh, I hope you found value as a membership in, in what the future looks like a little bit. Uh, you know, we, we really need to start working on transitioning from what we to what the future is, is all about. Uh, and we need to be paid commensurately to do that. So uh, we'll get as many jobs out of that as we possibly can. Uh, and we're going to hold to account the leadership in that regard. So far, they're not doing too good in this area, as far as I know. It's pretty good at spending money in Palm Springs, but I don't know if they're really researching what I'm researching out here uh, with regard to the highest levels of things. One last thing. <laughs> I was kind of stumbling here or stretching because I wanted to, I couldn't recall it just for a second. These PhDs um, are some of the most coveted people once they are fully educated. And I'll tell you that the last one, and there's very few people in this, this arena, the last one that's known that was graduated and got offers in this particular area got four offers. Three in Michigan that were from 220 a year to start, 220,000 a year to start, to 250,000 a year to start, and one in California at two at 300,000 dollars a year to start. Okay, that's how important this information is. Okay, and these people that have been educated to this degree understand that these people aren't just walking through. They are some of the smartest people on the planet, math-wise. It's a simple calculation, cost of living versus wages for somebody in that, that functions at that level. It's a simple, very simple math equation, and they're all about what's best for them. The choice was to go with a 250 here in Michigan. General Motors, your 220 was weak. Mary Barra a little less dead peasants insurance, and a little more money towards the future of the company that pays all of our members with regard to General Motors. A little less money in the dead peasants insurance, another $30,000 a year to get the top person in the world 
into your company because you're too damn tight to spend another $30,000. F for your effort in this area failed because you didn't get the person. Failure is not an option for our long-term longevity. So we went a little longer than we thought. It's now 90 minutes, uh, a minute late because of technical difficulties at uh, Blog Talk Radio. The phone uh, thing was messed up the first couple of times I called, so we did get in with this one. So. Uh, Jeff, do you have any comments on any of that? And we'll close it right after you give your comments, please. No, I have nothing to say, Leroy. Okay. Well, it's uh, it's now uh, 8:29. Uh, I'd like to say good night to all the listeners. Uh, good night, Jeff, and uh, thanks for everybody listening all around the world, the United States, Canada, Mexico, our friends in the union and non-union everywhere. Keep up the good fight. Solidarity forever. Good night, everybody. Good night, Jeff. Good night. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.